What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts for today, Simon Voyanos, a.k.a. Coach V. And I'm your other co-host, Cody Stoffer. And this will be our last episode for this 2023 NAI Women's Flag Football season. I got to cover the tournament. I had to split that into two parts, so make sure you check those episodes out. And then obviously covered the entire season here of uh women's flag football first off thank you so much to all our supporters who have rocked with us all the way through but you know we have our last set of end of the year awards we did some uh end of the year stuff or some award stuff uh, earlier on here back a couple weeks ago when we were doing best quarterback running back all that stuff but this episode we're gonna talk about most valuable playmaker um offensive playmaker of the year defensive playmaker of the year and then freshman of the year here now before we go into you know each category talk about all the candidates and then talk about where the votes lied uh, at the end of the day let's go ahead and talk about the process here so we went ahead and finalized each of these categories to four players a final four for each one of these awards here now with that being said, we kept everything in mind from regular season to uh, postseason, like conference stuff. And then finally, the national tournament, uh, weighing all of those into the decision uh, to get down to these four finalists. And so if a player missed some significant time during the national tournament or, you know, during the regular season, that obviously hurt them. And so just keep that in mind here. And when we voted, you know, we kept the whole body of work uh, in our heads when we did this thing. All right. So there you go there. Now, with how the votes split up, there are five votes to be cast for each one of these award categories. Two of them, myself and Cody have. I have one vote. Cody has one vote. We'll cast those, give our opinions there. Uh, our friend at NAIA F-Ball, I'm pretty sure it's Corey over there. He has a vote as well. So there you go there. And then finally, our Twitter polls will have two votes. Now, here's how that's going to work. So the top vote getter will get one vote. And the second best vote getter will get another vote. And so it's not possible for you know a player to get two votes from Twitter. And so that's how that's going to work. Uh, each you know player uh could get one of those votes and i'm just gonna put this out there in case there's a tie so say it's you know two two one or something like that right and there's five of us so there's the only way for there to be the tie is if it's that but in case it you know it was uh two and two between two players what we would then do is go to the twitter polls and the player who had the most votes between those two candidates who were tied at two votes would go ahead and be our automatic winner for that award all right so we'll go to the public for that one um but cody is there anything else i missed slash anything else you want to add on here before we go to our first award here no i think that the important thing to clarify is that the tiebreaker goes to that higher percentage vote so you know you the audience your voice matters so anytime you do see these polls Please, please find us on Twitter at Playmaker Corner and find those polls and go ahead and cast your votes here. And yeah, other than that, let's get to it. It's some of my favorite fan interaction that we get on the show, if I'm being completely honest. But uh, 
you know, we also have a thing or two to say as well. So we'll jump right into it. Yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about freshman of the year here. So uh, now that I'm looking at this, I realize I don't have all the stats for everyone on this thing, but we'll work with what we got here. Um, let's start with Amiri Logan. So Amiri Logan played for Warner, great athlete over there, played wide receiver DB. She is one of our candidates for uh, freshman of the year here. I mean, had an excellent season on offense and defense. Um, offensively, she was the second option, obviously, to Cynthia Holmes. On defense, I want to say she was the lead interception getter on that squad. Maybe Cynthia Holmes was close, but I want to say Amiri Logan really turns it up. Now, in the tournament here, Amiri Logan really made it known that why she's one of the best freshmen in the entire country. She also made our all-freshman team list, so... There you go there as a DB, by the way. So Amiri Logan, rightfully so, is deserving right here as one of our freshman of the year candidates. Uh, do not have her stats, unfortunately, uh, not even from the regular season because I forgot to count them. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Warner was one of those uh, programs that I had to count stats for. But obviously, she was big time. I wouldn't be surprised if she was one of those players that led all freshmen in the country in touchdowns or interceptions. Isn't that right, Cody? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, huge display at the tournament as well. And just taking over games, honestly, at times. So, you know, Amira Logan rightfully here. And I remember having the discussion for, you know, the all freshman team and, and taking a look at the case and just being like, yeah, no, this is definitely someone worthy and it's really awesome to find you know that playmaking and that ability at you know from a defensive back who is a freshman and you know it's she she's certainly something special here yeah no absolutely definitely will be a player down the line who could potentially even break maybe some mvp opoi depoi conversations moving forward but cody do you want to go ahead and talk about another candidate here yeah so another candidate here that i'll go ahead and talk about is one whose film i got to break down in the past and someone who i've got to interview as well and that is kaiser's very own brenna ramirez here who found ways to contribute in the regular season at the wide receiver spot, catching for over 400 yards and for a few touchdowns. But really here in this, you know, tournament here at the end, really showed her chops as a jump ball, you know, kind of like possession kind of receiver here, just winning against some of the best defensive backs in the country, coming down with jump balls, and in addition to that, you know, just being able to make some big time catches and really stretch the field for this Kaiser team. And when provided with those one-on-one -on -one opportunities that arose from some of the other matchups and whatnot, was able to feast on a lot of those one-on-one -on -one matchups, even against experienced defensive backs and showed that, you know, she's a pro when it comes to the game of flag football and was didn't care who was lining up across from her, but was planning to feast. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, she really showed out in this tournament. I think that was really the thing for us that 
kind of put her over the edge and secured her a spot in the freshman of the year conversations. I know her fellow teammate, Sofia Caprio, was very good as well. But in that tournament, she really took over some games. Um, just being a great deep threat, you know, being a player that you Jasmine Roden could throw to deep outside of Kennedy Foster and Caprio. And she would go ahead and make plays. You know, and she did that uh, time and time again, just being a big time player over there for Kaiser. So absolutely a freshman of the year candidate. And she is one of the few candidates, by the way, who missed a lot of the regular season, but more than made up for it with a really strong second half and then a really strong postseason as well. So that's kind of what makes her here as a candidate very special. So there you go there. Now, I'm going to go ahead and talk about one of two Thomas freshmen who made the, the, this uh, Freshman of the Year Final Four here. And one of them is Alexa Wilson here. She actually also is one of the first players ever in PMC history to be a Final Four candidate for another end of the year award as well which we'll talk about later but you know Alexa Wilson as a freshman started right away you know and it, things weren't easy right away but she really got it together as time went on there were a lot of ups and a lot of downs for sure here but she showed her toughness through the 11 games I was able to count stats through in the regular season she threw for 1,979 passing yards 24 touchdowns 10 uh, to 10 picks also had three rushing touchdowns and so she definitely had more than that in the regular season and then in the postseason obviously played well enough to go ahead and win the Sun Conference and then played well enough in the national tournament after kind of a tough game against Ottawa to uh, basically force the equivalent of a game seven and put Thomas in a position to potentially win the national championship if they beat Ottawa a second time and you know she made many great plays in that last game of the season there and um, just put up a very admirable effort unfortunately came up short but it wasn't because of her coming up short she played really really well for a freshman so there you go there that's Alexa Wilson from Thomas a freshman there uh, but Cody do you want to talk about the other uh, Thomas freshman here yeah I was just gonna say the other candidate that we have here is Alexis teammate and that is Aaliyah Wood who, you know, is just a great athlete, honestly, on both sides of the ball. You got to talk about her when it comes to the defensive secondary, though. Did a great job making plays and is somebody who could really play the whole field, left to right, sideline to sideline, and break up passes, get picks, and, you know, when given the opportunity to make plays on offense, was also capable of doing so. Not to the same volume, I wouldn't say, as you know maybe some of the other thomas playmakers on offense but was somebody who you could rely on to catch a quick pass pick up a few yards get a first down if need be and yeah i'd say just another sun conference freshman who could really move the sticks and you know uh help advance this thomas team something i don't know if you have numbers on her but i think that her case from a film perspective is just as compelling Oh my god, not in front of me. I knew I had them at one point here. 
Uh, oh, sorry. No, wait. From a defensive back perspective, I think I do. She had tw at least 25 tackles and six picks. I know she had a little bit more. I know by the time she got to the con or the national tournament, she had at least 10 interceptions by that point. Uh, receiving stats, I don't have as much on. But um, she was definitely, you know, a big-time receiver in that aspect as well for Thomas. So... There you go there. And that's a pretty crowded receiving group over there, too. But Leah Wood is definitely very deserving of being here for sure. Now, let's go ahead and talk about the votes here. Uh, I'm going to start with our friend at NAIF Ball and talk about his vote here. But he will go ahead and vote for Alexa Wilson for Freshman of the Year. Here's what he has to say. He says, It's a tall task to step in at quarterback for the national runner-ups as a true freshman. It's an even taller task to do it well. Alexa Wilson not only did it well, but her presence allowed the Nighthawk offense to come into its own this year by showcasing playmakers at every position. So there you go there. Uh, the first vote of five goes to Alexa Wilson. Now, I'm going to go ahead and throw my vote here, Cody, so that you could talk about the Twitter, uh, where the Twitter votes went, and then your own here at the end. But I'm going to go ahead and vote for Alexa Wilson's teammate, Aaliyah Wood here. Now, love both of them. Obviously, they're both great freshmen. You know, I've gone to a message both. And uh, I, I mean, I just respect Aaliyah Woods' game so much. He played both sides of the ball here. Uh, I think for me, this vote was really close. I think all four freshmen are excellent. There's a reason why all four made our all freshman team for sure, and they're they're really bright spots in the future of women's flag football. But I really liked Aaliyah Woods' game from the beginning of the season to the very end at the national tournament, playing wide receiver, defensive back. Rusher, I mean, she was used everywhere, sometimes running back too. She was used everywhere uh, on offense. I mean, she was a playmaker when she got the ball in her hand. She was electric, uh, made some really great catches as well. On defense, I mean, it's really hard to step in and, you know, play DB for Thomas, um, especially considering that that spot was Sanaya Glover, who was a great corner for them this last year. But she did it, and she was really good. I mean, there were a few times she got exposed here. There were some quarterbacks who tried to pick on her throughout the season, but in my opinion, she really stood strong here and did a great job. And so even though this was really tough, I had to go with Aaliyah Wood here as my vote for freshman of the year so there you go there between the first two votes it is split between the thomas freshman cody why don't you go ahead and tell us where the twitter votes land here before talking about your own yes and seeing as how we have all the votes in front of us we are going to make this dramatic here because on twitter the poll had 343 votes and coming in at the second spot you know earning that Twitter vote nonetheless was Amiri Logan with 34% of the votes here. Obviously did enough to impress everyone who came across this poll. Great representation for Warner Flag and, you know, just really had a stellar year and that's what you the audience thought. But even more so, by less than 10 votes, mind you. I I did the math on this and coming in at the number one fan poll spot here 
is Brenna Ramirez at 36.4% here. So like I said, this was decided by less than 10 votes. So both Brenna and Amiri, hats off to them. And they're still our season in the eyes of the audience here. Lots of votes flying around. But I mean, I think that Brenna's tournament has a lot to do with well, Brenna and Amiri's tournament honestly probably have a lot to do with these votes because of just how much they did for their squads in the tournament, I would say, and how fresh that was in their minds. Amiri taking over games, Brenna with actual mosses of defensive backs. That'll burn an image into your head as an audience member or, you know, as a fan. So with all that said, Simon, we have a four-way tie here. And I'm going to announce, you know, with my vote, I will be announcing who the Playmakers Corner Freshman of the Year is. So, all that in consideration, the Playmaker, who is the Freshman of the Year, is Alexa Wilson out of Thomas here. That is where I cast my final vote. I'm right there with NAIA F-Ball, Corey, right there. And I just want to kind of explain that I think the big thing for Alexa taking my vote here is her poise as a freshman. I think that there was a lot placed on, there's obviously a lot of pressure when you're playing for a national championship. You got to force, you know, that third game. And I think that she rose to the occasion in a way that I don't really think a lot of freshmen can, especially with, you know, their backs against the wall. And, you know, having the target on the back that they already did and having to come back from an 0-1 hole to force, you know, a game three against Ottawa. And then the drive, you know, the two-minute drill to get Thomas into the red zone, into scoring position, was just incredible. It was calm. It was cool. It was collected. And I think that those are the major selling points. I mean, the numbers are all there, right? The passing numbers are there. The rushing numbers are there. And, you know, she diced apart defenses throughout this entire tournament here and was able to shake off what was not maybe the best showing and bounce back and then deliver three great games following that first loss to Ottawa. And I think that that just speaks volumes about what the future looks like for Thomas and how integral Alexa Wilson is to that, you know, contending idea here. For the Nighthawks. And so that is why she is going to be our freshman of the year. No, yeah, absolutely love that. I mean, Alexa Wilson's a player who has a bright future ahead of her. Definitely an O-Poy and uh, an MVP candidate moving forward, I would say. Uh, definitely a front runner for that already. But uh, this is definitely just the beginning for her. So congrats to her for, win for winning freshman of the year. Definitely one of the best Probably the best freshman quarterback to play this year. So there you go there. But uh, yeah, with that being said, though, Cody, uh, do we want to go ahead and talk about our defensive playma playmaker of the year uh, finalist? Yeah. So, I mean, once again, we got four really good ones here. And I'm just going to go ahead and start with the first candidate that we have here is Abby Brown out of Ottawa University. Obviously, a part of that stellar defensive unit that, you know, was 
you know, at the hands of forcing a lot of turnovers, suffocating teams very early in the tournament, and, you know, snuffing things out here and, you know, once again, and has been a stalwart piece on this defense for years. And I think it's just such a great example of how to play the game, how to flow sideline to sideline, how to be useful both in, you know, defending potential runs and sweeps and stuff like that, while also being very, very good in pass coverage as well, whether it's zone or if they're just playing straight across the line, you take this person, I take this person, right? So I think that, you know, Abby Brown has done a spectacular job for Ottawa, not only, you know, over the course of her flag football career there, but this past year was no different, racking up a ton of flagpoles, breaking over 100 flagpoles actually in the championship game that would give Ottawa their third ring and also you know like I said just being very dangerous to try and target in the pass game as well so that's our first candidate here Abby Brown for defensive playmaker of the year Simon if you'd like to take another one yeah no for sure let's uh keep talking about the linebackers here let's talk about Janae Scott you know from Thomas uh, obviously plays linebacker for them. Uh, I want to say she's a junior. I can't remember if she's a junior or a sophomore. But uh, Janae Scott, obviously one of the best linebackers in the entire country. Made our all-playmaker list, uh, just like Abby Brown, I want to say, as well. And, you know, uh, on the season, through the 11 games, I was able to find stats for in the regular season. That is, she had 68 tackles, 3 sacks, 5 interceptions, and 3 pass breakups uh doing her thing there was a big part of this thomas defense as always you know and in the national tournament i mean she had an excellent tournament where she balled out and helped thomas get you know into that last game there i mean it was all hands on deck and you know she really helped lead this defense into at least a, one more game to potentially play for a national championship unfortunately coming up just a little bit short there but still it takes a lot to bounce back from a, a loss to ottawa earlier on and then continue to win like that and janae scott was a huge part of all of that for thomas so there you go there now, Cody, do you want to talk about another Depoy finalist? These last two are from the same uh, school here. I was just about to say, we got a pair of Bobcats to round out our defensive playmaker of the year spot here. And so I'm going to go ahead and talk about Tashumba Washington here, who had a great tournament per use and is another one of those defensive backs that can just change a game. And is such a great athlete, too, that can answer the phone on offense if necessary. And, you know, even had to kind of do that this tournament. But I digress a little bit. Look, Washington is a ball hawk. Somebody will look open. Somebody will look open. And she's just baiting you because she's so fast. She accelerates so quickly and will just undercut that pass. And she did it time and time again. There is even a few times where I'm like, oh, man. That person's wide open because, you know, with with that on field kind of perspective, it looks open. But no, you got to be aware when playing STU that Washington is waiting for you to think someone is open and then breaks on the ball and makes an incredible pick and then can also really return it. I mean, 
at least listed on the website, 11 interceptions, 14 pass breakups, and, you know, a handful of flagpoles as well. And, you know, I don't even think the, the crazy thing is that obviously this doesn't keep track of like how many targets wide receivers aren't getting because Washington is near. And so, you know, the defensive back prowess of Washington for STU speaks for itself. And I mean, she's consistently in this conversation here. And I assume that she will be as long as she's playing ball. If she keeps this up at this level, you know, she's going to routinely be in this conversation for Depoy as well as defensive back of the year and everything like that. And I'll go ahead and talk about her teammate here, uh, sophomore rusher Lanaya Leon, who had a breakout season uh, this year. In the seven games that I was able to find stats for, had 22 tackles, and seven sacks, which obviously led St. Thomas, and eight pass breakups from her uh, rushing spot here just during the regular season. And, you know, she ended up being one of the best rushers in the country at the tournament. Unfortunately, Jada Reese went down, but Lanai Leone was really healthy. And I think that kind of meant the difference between putting uh, Reese here compared to Lanai Leone. And Leone, I mean, she just played excellent and really applied the pressure to every single team that St. Thomas played. Uh, just doing an excellent job there and showing why she's one of the best in the country. So, deservingly so, she is here as a Depoy finalist. But with that being said, those are all our finalists. Let's go ahead and talk about it here. It'll be the same order. I'll talk about uh, NAIAF balls pick and then I'll talk about mine after that. But they would go ahead or Corey would go ahead and vote for Janae Scott for defensive playmaker of the year he said sure there are a lot of linebackers that are quick there are a lot that read and react accurately and there are a lot that are sure flag pullers to have all three in one package is a rarity and that is janae scott so there you go that's one vote cast for janae scott now for me I mean, this one was pretty tough as well, but I think I had to go with Tashumbalt Washington, the DB from St. Thomas here. I mean, she was big time box office. She played excellent throughout the entire year. There were plenty of quarterbacks who tried her deep and she made plenty of them pay. Uh, simple as that. I want to also say she led the entire country in interceptions if you wanted to include uh, the national and postseason stuff as well. Uh, once more because I believe she did it last year so it's two years in a row that she's really been turning up for St. Thomas and so I had to go with Tashumba Washington here um, as one of one of our candidates and also I'm gonna throw this out there she played a lot of safety and corner so played a lot of zone and man and was excellent in both uh, through this year and I think that undoubtedly helped St. Thomas make the run that they did this year so there you go there now cody do you want to go ahead and talk about the twitter votes before you cast uh, your vote here yeah and i i just also want to comment you know uh shumba's versatility is something to behold so i love that vote there but you know the twitter polls this is crazy because i this feels like the closest a poll has ever been because at least from looking at the numbers of 191 votes, both these candidates, when you initially look at it, are listed at 
for getting the votes, but there's an extra decimal in there and it is one vote that separates first and second between the fan vote uh, or the fan voting of first and second here for those two votes here. Now, the two recipients of those votes are going to be Janae Scott and Abby Brown here. And Abby Brown sitting at 41.4 and Janae Scott sitting at 42.4%. There's literally just one vote separating those two spots there. So we actually almost ran into the absolute headache that would be two candidates getting the exact same number of votes, which I don't think has ever happened. At least not to my memory, not through fall football or spring football. So, but Janae Scott narrowly gets the edge there, which would give her the tiebreaker in any case, but she doesn't need the tiebreaker anyway because my vote is also cast for Janae Scott, who, I mean, just would shut down teams in every different way possible. You're going to try and throw it to the flats. You know, I'm going to just get that player out of bounds and I'm going to break that up. You're going to try and hit drag routes on me. Oh, I'm going to follow that player and I'm going to undercut it and I'm going to break that pass up. Never going to miss a flagpole. Literally like never. And be careful throwing it over the middle of the field because she can make diving interceptions and consistently did so to kill opposing drives and even set up the Nighthawks in phenomenal field position. So Janae Scott earns my vote. And I gotta, <laughs> I gotta shout out Abby here, who I did vote for Abby prior to the tournament in, I wanna say it was the linebacker of the year. And she was like, hey, I appreciate you. And now I kinda feel like I'm doing her dirty a little bit here, but don't worry about it. It's all good. Nothing but love for all these players here. And, uh, you know, it's all good on your, <laughs> well, no, now she's going to give me the same treatment that she gave coach V now, next time she sees you, she'll be like, Oh, hi, Cody. But no, it's all like good fun here. And, uh, you know, r regardless whether whichever way my vote went, Janae Scott was going to be your defensive playmaker of the year for this past season. Well, there you go there. The first two uh, award winners coming from Thomas here being teammates. So there you go there. But let's go ahead and move on here. Let's uh, talk about Offensive Playmaker of the Year. Oh, by the way, Janae Scott, super well-deserving of it. Obviously not mad at that at all. Um, she's been excellent. I mean, I talked. I've talked about how great she has been. Throughout plenty of season, not season previews, uh, plenty of season recaps. So go ahead and check those. So there you go there. But let's move on. Talk offensive playmaker of the year here. Cody, do you want to go ahead and pick a candidate and then go from there? Don't mind if I do. And I'm just going to roll with the one that we've heard her name already so far this episode. And that is Thomas's very own Alexa Wilson. You've heard the numbers. You've heard the stats, you've heard the reasonings there, and you've heard that she is the PMC freshman of the year, but take that same story and just scoot it over to the offensive playmaker of the year category here, where she stands alone as the lone quarterback in this specific, you know, vote getting spot here. And, you know, hats off to her. She has earned both these spots. You know, it's, it's like those uh, rookies making the Pro Bowl too, you know, within their own conference and then maybe even all pro. So I think that Alexa Wilson, she did 
Graydon was obviously in conversation for quarterback of the year as well. So here she is back again, trying to win two awards in one show. Let's see if she could do it. But there's three other candidates that she's going to have to go through first. Isn't that right, Simon? Yeah, no, for sure. And one of them is an in-conference opponent in St. Thomas's Jada Graham here. Uh, first off, if there was a comeback player of the year award, I think Jada Graham would have probably automatically win that. Uh, coming off of an ACL and some MCL, uh, just in general knee injuries from these last two years, she bounced back this year and was a big part of why this St. Thomas team was so dangerous here. Obviously, you have great receivers there already in Ray Baker, Tyler Bryant. Go ahead and add on a Jada Graham who came back and was their deep threat and was their number one option on the year uh, through 10 games in the regular season. Uh, that is, she had 53 receptions, 655 receiving yards, six receiving touchdowns, also had 131 rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, and then also had two passing touchdowns, so 11 total touchdowns on the year here, having ran one in, throw one, and catch a touchdown. Uh, I believe she did that at one point in one game, too, so there you go there. One of the only players to ever be able to do that, which is absolutely big time. And then, you know, she had a maybe not the best conference tournament there. She was pretty well covered and uh, they paid a lot of attention to her then. But in the national tournament, she turned up and this was a tournament where she got hurt. She got a knee injury, but she fought through it. And even wearing a pretty big clunky knee brace was able to make big time plays for St. Thomas all the way to the end there and was a game changer regardless so there you go there that's jada graham from st thomas the junior wide receiver uh cody do you want to go ahead and talk about one of these other junior wide receivers here yeah and i'm gonna keep it inside the sun conference still and talk about kaiser's very own kennedy foster that is the second kaiser receiver that we're gonna talk about here who, you know, on the regular season had over 50 receptions for just a hair under 640 yards and 10 touchdowns. And then go ahead and add a pretty solid handful or a pretty solid scoop to all of those numbers following the postseason tournament where, you know, she really just was a mismatch. She has very sticky hands, good route running, like very sneaky I would say route runner, which is crazy because on the field, she's the tallest that there is and the defense still loses track of her. And then if it is a one-on-one -on -one situation, she's going to be winning that a lot of the time, you know, definitely lives up to her reputation around other circles where coaches call her sports center or call her ESPN or just call her no, 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 because she's constantly making plays and is a human highlight reel for this Seahawks offense. And, you know, if, if the numbers and the uh, highlights don't do enough for you to convince you of why she belongs here, uh, you might just be delusional. Yes. So there you go there. <laughs> no surprises that she made this as a finalist once more. But I'm going to go ahead and talk about our, our last finalist here from Ottawa. That is junior wide receiver slash center too, I think. Uh, Alyssa Linkus, you know, in the regular season, 49 receptions, 621 receiving yards, 11 receiving touchdowns through 11 games. Had a big postseason, 
Uh, obviously, one, the KCAC, that was huge where she was big time there. And then in the national tournament, uh, didn't she win MVP or a player of the tournament or something like that? Yeah, she was uh, the most I, valuable player at the tournament. Yeah, I mean, she was big time over there. I mean, with all the attention being paid to all the other Ottawa players. I mean, she really came through and was big time for an Ottawa team that, you know, saw some struggles on offense here more so than some other years. And so, uh, all reliable, she came through and helped deliver them, uh, you know, a KCAC championship as well as a national championship. So, there you go, there. Alyssa Link is uh, making a really solid push for this here. But let's go ahead and talk about the votes here. Um, how should we do this? Uh, Cody, how about I talk about the Twitter votes and then you could talk about what Corey said. How about we do that? Okay. I was going to open up with mine and then let the, uh, Twitter votes be the, uh, spoiler deciding factor, but nah, it's, it's not, nah. we, we could, let's just nah. go ahead and talk about the Twitter votes here. <laughs> so, uh, the top two vote getters, well, we should talk about, I guess the top vote getter. That was Alyssa Linkus with here and then the second place votes were really close between Kennedy Foster and Alexa Wilson a mere 3% difference here I didn't do the math to figure out how many votes that that is but that cannot be more than maybe five maybe it definitely can't be more than 10 votes but a pretty small margin here but Kennedy Foster just barely edges out Alexa Wilson with 29% while Wilson had 26% there uh so there you go there votes going to Alyssa Linkus and Kennedy Foster there and then uh, sorry I guess I should should I cast my vote or should I wait on that here um before you might as talk about yours and Corey's you might as well yeah, all right, okay, bet. And then I'll go ahead and cast my vote for Jada Graham here. So that way, Alyssa Linkus, Jada Graham, and Kennedy Foster each have a vote at this point. But, you know, Jada Graham, she's been excellent. Uh, definitely had kind of a tougher uh, conference tournament, but definitely made up for that in the national tournament with a very valiant effort, making plays still even with a bummed knee but was turning up, you know, and was making real tough catches, being physical, adapting to, uh, you know, the style of play that was presented to her, uh, the only style that she could have at that moment, and that ended up being huge for St. Thomas, so absolutely love that, and, you know, throughout the regular season as well, she was electrifying, and so I had to go ahead and and go and vote for Jada Graham here, for offensive playmaker of the year. But Cody, why don't you go ahead and talk about the NEIF ball vote and then yours? Yeah, so Corey here, some of you've heard this one before, but he is going to vote for Jada Graham here for a lot of the reasons that we described in, you know, kind of her player profile for this award, you know. And I quote, Graham was everywhere STU needed her this year. Quarterback wide receiver, running back. Graham kept the season alive with play after play, even while hurt in the finals, end quote. That was Corey's exact words here as he voted for Jada Graham. And I mean, like you said, Simon, she's just a warrior, dude. And I think that, you know, that's especially inspiring and is 
is a great story. And like you said, comeback player of the year, it would have been sweeps the nation. That would have been unanimous 5-0. And, you know, if, it, and if the votes didn't go that way, we'd be like, nah. So <laughs> I think that uh, Jada Graham here, obviously, awesome story. And takes the lead with 2-1-1 to to one to one following the Twitter votes. And following my vote, we're going to have to crown an offensive playmaker of the year thanks to our tie-breaking system that goes to the Twitter polls here. And that's going to be Alyssa Linkus here is where my vote is going to be cast. And with the 35% to 9% vote, that gives her the tiebreaker thanks to you, the audience. So the audience who voted her at the top of the leaderboard here is actually going to be the final result for PMC's Offensive Playmaker of the Year for 23. And really, I mean, that just comes on the heels of a fantastic tournament. I, When the stage was the biggest and the light was the brightest, not only was she making catch after catch, they were clutch. They were tough. They were contested catches. She was making, you know, diving catches near the sideline, making sure to drag those toes in to keep them in bounds. Whether it was the championship game, whether it was the first round of the championship game, she was, you know, moving the sticks. She was being very cognizant of the field and just continued to make play after play against the best of the best and was very obviously the security blanket for this Ottawa offense and roots to their three-peat here. I don't think that there's any contending her spot on this team and her importance. And then, you know, right after that, having to gear up for some U.S. flag football as well. And with the other, you know, uh, high Twitter vote getter here. But Alyssa Linkus is going to be the Offensive Playmaker of the Year. And maybe I won't steal the thunder on this last one. Um, maybe we'll have Corey's vote be the, uh, the tiebreaker here as we head into our last category. But Simon, do you have any notes here on... You know, these Opoi candidates here and, you know, Alyssa Linkus's victory for this award. That's a slight spoiler, but yeah, Corey's vote could be the tiebreaker. But uh, no, I mean, she's very deserving of this. I think, honestly, she made a really, like, good push for it. I made a really good case for this when she turns up at the national tournament as well as the postseason as well. I mean, uh, she was big time. And I want to, I don't, I don't know. Maybe this isn't right, but I feel like she scored the majority of the touchdowns for Ottawa in those games versus Thomas. I could be wrong, but she was definitely that's right. very, very instrumental in that. All right, well, there you go. And so I think, you know, obviously the fans, they voted on this as well. And there's a reason why she was the top vote getter. You know, I mean, they obviously understand that she's been big time and she's been clutch for them and was extremely important to their third national championship. So there you go there. But that wraps that up. Let's go ahead and talk about our most, most valuable playmaker candidate here or candidates here cody do you mind if i go ahead and kick this off and talk about one of the finalists one of the four please do so we're gonna go ahead and uh continue to talk about ottawa players here 
by talking about Ottawa quarterback and current reigning MVP Madison Carrera the junior here obviously won her third title uh, both in the KCAC and national championship this last season during the regular season had a great I mean just had a great regular season through 12 games throwing for 2,674 passing yards 50 touchdowns to only three interceptions also tagged on 604 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns once more as Ottawa would go ahead and go back to back to back both in the conference and on the national stage so there you go there obviously another MVP candidate but Cody do you want to go ahead and talk about another finalist yeah and I'm gonna go ahead and talk about one of our you know two-way absolute monsters here we have two of them both from the Sun Conference but the first one I got to talk about is Cynthia Homs here from Warner who I mean, Warner without Cynthia Holmes just doesn't Holmes. work. Without Cynthia Holmes doesn't work here. Holmes, she is a threat on both sides of the ball. She's a ball hawk on the defensive side and also just a fantastic flag puller as well. Very, very disciplined, takes great angles no matter where she is on the field and, you know, snuffs out big plays if and when given the chance. And then on offense is the source of big plays and you know once you know they get so far on the depth chart at the quarterback position it basically just becomes all right who's the person that could get the ball to cynthia here so that she can make plays and she continued to do so with kind of like a rotating cast of qbs due to injury but i mean especially with her qb1 anytime that tingen was healthy Cynthia was an absolute monster at receiving and could run any route in the route tree and score a touchdown off of it as well. So just due to dominance on both sides of the ball and the numbers to back it up with tons of flagpoles, one of the leaders in that, you know, in interconference, I even believe the nation. And then in addition to that, being a thousand yard receiver as well on the season, That'll get you into the MVP discussion here. So there you go there, Cynthia Holmes. Uh, once again, being an MVP candidate. I'm pretty sure she was last year. I could be wrong, though. But Yes, <clears throat> she was, for basically the same reasons. I mean, dominance on both yeah. sides. No, for sure. But let me go ahead and talk about a candidate who was not an MVP finalist last year. That's Kansas Wesleyan quarterback Brianna Hernandez-Silva. Through 12 games in the regular season, threw for 2,235 passing yards, 40 passing touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Also had 719 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns through 12 games here. Uh, obviously, came up a little bit short, both in the KCAC tournament and the national tournament. But, you know, in the KCAC tournament, I mean, she played well. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan pushed Ottawa for a little bit there. And then in the national tournament, I mean, they they got probably farther than uh, 
well, I guess the format was different. But, you know, they beat a Sun Conference team and they competed well. And, you know, they really showed that or she really helped show that Kansas Wesleyan is a next level program, a top tier program for sure here and has to get that respect. So there you go there. Plus plenty of signature moments here from, you know, those last plays beating Warner Midland. I mean, she has a lot of signature moments that really went a long way for her so there you go there that's brianna hernandez silva now cody do you want to go ahead and talk about our last finalist for mvp sure thing and then following that i think i'm just gonna jump into my vote here in the twitter votes if that's all right with you coach v yeah go for it perfect so the last one here sticking with the theme of wide receivers who you know, shine on the offensive side of the ball, but also our beasts on the defensive side of the ball. We got Kayla Burrows out of Weber International here, who is somebody who I believe over the course of the tournament eclipsed 100 flagpoles on the season and was somebody who also eclipsed a thousand receiving yards on offense. That's like, I feel like that's like the gold standard for somebody who's really a force on both sides of the ball, somebody who can be argued to be the most important player on both sides of the ball, if not first or second best player. And so if you could do that for your team and for Weber, who had such a successful season where she makes big plays, she, you know, turns up field, makes people miss on the offensive side of the ball and then turns right back around and doesn't allow people to make her miss when pulling their flags and also collecting interceptions getting into the end zone, whether it's on offense or defense. I mean, she's just a threat to score and ruin your day if you're an opposing coach. And you can't help but respect Kayla Burrows here, who's just another Sun Conference athlete in in this MVP discussion here. But, you know, jumping into the votes here, I'm going to go ahead and kick off with my vote. Personally, I'm going to vote for Madison Carrera, just continues to put up absolutely insane monster numbers here. And even Carrera at her most rattled or disturbed or what have you during the tournament where, you know, there were times where she looked her most, I guess, like I said, rattled. She's still one of the best quarterbacks on the planet here in flag football, even at her worst. And so I think that that along with just like, her composure once again here at the QB position is going to earn my vote here. And then I'm going to go ahead and just transition right into the Twitter votes here. And she did come in second place on the Twitter votes. She collected 35.6% of all the votes on this Twitter poll, which did gain 216 votes here. So she would take the second place spot here for the Twitter poll votes, but at first place is going to be, and I, I actually am going to correct this because it's it's either her Twitter or Instagram, but I stand corrected. I was trying to push the Queen Bee narrative, but she has Princess Bee, so th- there's your there's your nod to, to Beyonce and putting some respect on Beyonce's name, but Princess Bee here, Brianna Hernandez Silva with 45 45.8% of the vote. Twitter went ahead and rounded up at 46 and is the people's champion here 
for most valuable playmaker here. Coach V, I'll pass it to you so that you may handle yourself and Corey's vote here. Yeah, no, for sure. I'll uh, say my vote. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and vote for Brianna Hernandez Silva. I think that is going to be really surprising to some people, and that's fine. It's my vote. Um, and it's also my show, our show. So there you go there. <laughs> but, you know, I just felt like she had so many signature moments from that last touchdown th she threw against Midland, from that big 60-yarder where she found Angel Roman against Warner. I mean, look. You don't got to win the national championship every year to be the MVP. I want to make sure that is clear. Uh, as far as me as a voter, you know, I'm going to vote for the player that I felt like, you know, was real clutch and clutched up and came up big in big time situations. You know, uh, that's just uh, what I'm going to do there. You look at other Heisman winners, you know, not every Heisman winner won a national championship. Caleb Williams definitely did it. So there you go there. But I had to vote for Brianna Hernandez-Silva. I just uh, really liked how well she played this year, and she really came through for Kansas Wesleyan when they needed her, too. So there you go there. So at this moment, the vote for MVP is tied here. One or each of these quarterbacks has a Twitter vote, you know, and then each of them has one of us, one of uh, the co-hosts on the Playmaker's Corner voting for them as well. So it's going to come down to Corey over at NAIAF Ball to go ahead and decide who is your 2023 NEIA Women's Flag Football MVP. And that will be Ottawa's Madison Carrera here, who he voted for. And this is what he said. When it mattered most, Carrera showed out, making the plays necessary to secure a third ring there. And along with her third ring is her second in a row, most valuable playmaker award once again to madison carrera of ottawa so there you go there cody what do you think about that as far as dramatics go well i think it's you know just great to obviously very thankful for all of the fan votes and all these players as well congratulations to all these athletes that put on shows to earn these spots at all these awards and, you know, for the fans voting on it. And I mean, as far as Corey's vote goes, it matches mine. So I obviously agree here. And, you know, it is, it's crazy just to see the double fan vote and how enticing that really made this race here between, you know, two KCAC quarterbacks. You know, it's funny that we have, in this MVP discussion, two Sun Conference athletes and then two KCAC QBs. And, you know, I think that it was really exciting. I want to just agree here and echo that, you know, Hernandez Silva had many signature moments here. And, you know, you talk to any coach that had to go against her in the tournament, they're like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta get her flags and you gotta bottle her up. Otherwise she'll make you pay. So obviously it's on respect there. And, you know, the KCAC coaches had nothing but good things, or I mean, the KWU coaches had nothing but good things to say about all of these athletes across these lists that they had to compete against. But, you know, Madison Carrera here, you don't need to win a championship every year to be the MVP, but it certainly doesn't hurt to be just such an instrumental, you know, like composer here 
on this Ottawa team and to make the big plays that she did and to make the right decisions that she did and even being at her worst at times was still more than enough for this Ottawa squad to walk away with their third ring and officially become a dynasty. Yeah, so there you go there. Uh, Once again, just in case you missed it, our 2023 Freshman of the Year is uh, Alexa Wilson from Thomas, quarterback. Our 2023 Defensive Playmaker of the Year is linebacker Janae Scott from Thomas. Our 23 Offensive Playmaker of the Year is Ottawa's receiver Alyssa Linkus. And then our 23 MVP is Ottawa's quarterback, Madison Carrera. So really, this is interesting. So only two schools were represented here at the end when it came to award winners, but it was the two best. So that obviously makes a lot of sense there here. But that'll basically wrap this thing up here. Uh, I am going to say this, Cody and I, we are going to be releasing our final power rankings. Uh, Won't talk about it on this episode here. We're just going to decide offline here real quick. And then it'll be posted on our social media at at Playmakers Corner, which is at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, You can find us there and, uh, you know, find our final power rankings. There really shouldn't be any big surprises. We're going to go based off of, you know, what happened in the tournament for the most part there. So there you go. But like I said, show some love on social media. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, go ahead and give us a good rating, comment, you know, um, all that great stuff. We really appreciate it. And you know what? You know, it will be a while before we talk about women's flag football again, but it's really been an excellent season. Had so much fun covering it. And so I'm Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V, one of your co-hosts, signing off until next year when we do previews. And Cody, uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw it to you if you have anything more to say before you sign off here. I just want to reiterate to go ahead and check us out on TikTok where, you know, we still have highlights coming out from the tournament. And please go ahead and listen to episodes 261 and 262. That is the tournament recap and the tournament reactions, respectively. And, you know, there is a lot to talk about. Obviously, you know, they're longer episodes, but, you know, play a little bit on your drive into work. Play a little bit on your drive home from work. Go ahead and listen to a little bit here and there and Get that full experience that, you know, we worked so hard to try and emulate here. And even more so, go ahead and give it a listen to put some respect on all the athletes' names, all the participants' names, and everyone who helped put it together. But until next women's flag football season, I've been one of your co-hosts, Cody Stauffer, and I'm mentally and emotionally preparing for tackle football in Colorado. And I would rather it just be... Another women's Boo. flag season. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll still be covering women's flag football, but it'll actually be in Colorado this season. So I guess we don't have to wait too long. It just won't be college women's flag football. True. Peace. <laughs>